Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I am excited for this word. Uh, before I jump into it, I, I, I realize that there's maybe some, some new people here, um, some people that haven't been with, with us for that long. So I wanted to share just a quick abridged version of my story, my testimony. Um, I'm 40 years old for two more weeks. And, uh, and I was raised in a Methodist church in Kentucky. I was dedicated in that church when I was a baby. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior until I was 13 years old. And it was actually, God had taken us out of our hometown, and, and uh, my mom was getting her master's degree at Oral Roberts in Tulsa. And we went to a, a good old-fashioned tent revival in Tulsa, you know, the kind of place where they sing, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Come on, spring up a well. It's in my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly. Come on, East County, you know what you're doing. It was at that tent revival that I felt the river of life come into me. Joy flooded my spirit. And, and I, I don't even remember a word of what the preacher said. I just remember that what I experienced was so powerful. I remember that joy in my heart. And I remember lifting up my hand and, and saying that prayer of salvation. And, and the peace that passes understanding came over me. And I, knew, I know that from that point on, I am saved. That's it. I, I knew that my home was in heaven. I knew that God was my father. I knew that I, I never had to worry about where I was going in life. But if I'm going to be honest, I didn't really know what abundant life meant. I, I knew the river was there. I could experience that. But I didn't really know abundant life. And so I was 13 years old, and I went through school and, and you know, tried to do the best that I could. Went to my church, went to my youth group, and, and tried to be a good Christian. But then, like many people, when I left home, I left my church, left what was secure for me, went to college, and, and I just kind of drifted away from, from God. I drifted away from the church. Um, I wouldn't say that I drifted too far, but, but everybody makes mistakes, and it doesn't, really, it doesn't really matter how far away you drift. If you're not walking with God, then you're not walking with God. So like big sins, little sins, it's, it's sin, and it's separation from God. But I was never separated in eternity. I always knew that that my home was secure, my fate was secure. But my life certainly was an example of what a Christian should be. And fast forward a little bit, as a young adult, I came to, to one of the darkest times in my life, the hardest, the hardest place that I had ever been. And I knew in that moment that I needed to rededicate my life to God. I needed to get back onto the track that he had set me on from the beginning. And so I, uh, I found a church, and I got baptized. I rededicated my walk to Christ. And that was in 2007. I was 25 years old, 
And that very same year, God took me out of a career in the Air Force and brought me here to San Diego. And, uh, and that's where I met this beautiful lady who invited me to an amazing church, which eventually became my home, and she became my wife. And it wasn't until I came into this church that, that we made the decision that we wanted to serve in the house, not just, not just accept salvation, but that we wanted to be a part of helping other people find salvation. And through different serving roles, we actually started off in like the info booth, setting up books and, and selling resources. And then we had different, different areas that we served in. And, uh, and then in 2008, or sorry, 2016, about nine years later, we, uh, we were ordained as pastors. We had been leading one of the services at Babelwell Campus, and they asked us to be pastors and, and look after that service. And then just one year after that, Pastor Jurgen came and sat, sat Lisa and I down, and, and he said, really feel like it's the right time to start something out in East County, and we want you guys to, to pastor that church. And we're like, we're all in. We're all in. That's us. So... So that brings us to, to where we are now, and each phase of my story had, had a transition point. Every, every step along the way, I had to make a decision to do something new. I had to make a decision to, to, to jump in. And your story is unique and different than my story, but in all of our stories, each of our stories, you'll find that there's similarities in the transition points. There, maybe, maybe you have already experienced some of what I was talking about as well. Maybe you haven't experienced all of that yet, and the order doesn't really matter, and it happens in different ways for different people. But the point is, we all have decisions to make. We all have these points of transitions. The title of this message, it's time to get your feet wet. It's time to get your feet wet. So there's four points of transitions that I'm going to try and get through in the time that we have left. The first one is from the Old Testament, and it's, it's applicable for everyone. This is applicable for everyone. The next three are the New Testament, and they're available for everyone, but many people don't take advantage of them. Many people don't take advantage of them. So the first one from the Old Testament, from pointless to promise, from pointless to promise. Israel was walking in the wilderness, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They, uh, they didn't have... The, the guts, they didn't have the fortitude, they didn't have the belief, they didn't have the faith at that time to jump into the promised land. So God said, okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take you through this season of wandering. I'm gonna have to take you this season of redefinition. I'm gonna have to take you through this season of refinement. But the problem was, for an entire generation, there wasn't even a promise of the promised land anymore. They had rejected it. They were wandering with, with no point. It was pointless. There was, there was no hope for them. There was no future for them. Apart from Joshua and Caleb, nobody was going to enter the promised land, not even Moses, not even the person who had brought them out of slavery, had crossed the Red Sea. Only Joshua and Caleb would advance from that generation. How sad would it be to wander through life knowing that there was no destination, that there was no point, that... There was no end reward, there was no victory, there was nothing to look forward to. So boring, that's right. There's, it's been said that the, the two greatest days in a person's life are the day that they're born and they, they find out why. What if you knew right now 
that there was no why for your life? Would it even be worth going on living? But the amazing thing about God is that he's given each and every one of us a why. He's given every single one of us a why we're supposed to be alive, why we were born. If anybody has told you that you have no purpose in your life, that it's pointless, it's a lie from the devil, you have a purpose, you have a why, you have a destination, you have a goal. God has dreamed a dream for you. You have a promised land in sight. The next generation did have a promised land, and it was in sight, but there was an obstacle, the Jordan River. And we're going to jump into the story in Joshua 3, verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam which is near Zarathon. And the water below that point flowed into the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed near, over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Forty years of waiting, 40 years of wandering for that generation. When the next generation came up, why did, why did God pick that specific time? Probably the most challenging time. The, the, the greatest leader that the nation had ever had, Moses, had just died. The, the Jordan is overflowing its banks. It's, it's the least easy time to cross. It's the hardest, the most challenging, the most difficult time. And that's the time when God picked to send them into the promised land. Sometimes the challenges that we face are the most important part of the journey. God wanted to teach them something. He wanted to show them it doesn't matter what the challenge is. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. It doesn't matter if you have a brand new leader who hasn't been tested. It doesn't matter what the wind or the waves are doing. None of that matters as long as you trust in me. If you have your eyes on the promised land, if you have your eyes on your future, you have your eyes on your destiny, then it doesn't matter what challenges are ahead of you. You're more than capable. This is applicable to everyone. This is applicable to everyone. Everyone is given the opportunity to make this transition. And it may be at a difficult time for you. It may be not the most opportune time. It's not an easy time to be a Christian. There's certainly some challenges that we face on social media. There's certainly some, some people that, that are tired of listening to, to us, are tired of listening to the Bible, are tired of listening to the truth. Why? Because they're so deceived. They're so deceived. And, and to be honest, I, I don't blame a lot of them. I mean, they were taught this. They were taught this by their parents. They were taught this by their grandparents. They were taught this by, by certain news organizations, media outlets. I mean, if you, if you just focus on one thing for so long and that's all you hear and you don't have any other truth, any other sources of input, then of course you're going to believe what you hear. Of course you're going to believe what you're told. But we can't be like that generation the generation that spent its time wandering, this, the generation that, that looked at the giants, that looked at the problems, that said, ah, you know, I, I see the good of the land, but, but there's too many problems. It's too hard. How little do we make God when we do that? How little do we make the creator of the universe? I mean, what could be harder than that? I mean, creating the universe. None of that 
None of that is worse than living a pointless life. Maybe it's not popular turning away family or friends to pick up the call of God. Maybe it's not easy to take responsibility for your actions. Maybe it's not easy to ask for forgiveness. But the promised land is waiting. The Ark of the Covenant that the priests carried, that box contained the the presence of God. It was a physical box, but it contained the presence of God. And when Joshua told the priests to step into the river, they were carrying the presence of God into the river. And the moment their feet touched, the moment their feet touched, the miracle happened. But they didn't see it right away. They didn't see it right away. See, the place where they crossed was near Jericho, but it says that the waters backed up upstream at a place called Adam, 20 to 30 miles away. So, so the moment they, they were obedient, the moment they stepped into the river, the process had started, but the, the physical situation didn't look like it had changed. And, and given the average speed of a river, like five to, to 10 miles an hour, it could have taken three hours for them to start seeing the effects of what they had done. It, might, it took some time once they stepped in for them to see the evidence of their actions. When you start to step into the river, it might take some time for you to see the evidence in your life. But from the moment that you take that one step, all it takes is one step into the river. One step into the river of life and you're saved. Your eternity is saved. You never have to go back to the old way again. All it takes is one step of faith. All it takes is for you to get your feet wet. Just one step into the river. Belief in your heart and a confession of your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you're saved. But if you don't see an immediate change, if you don't see your circumstances immediately shift, don't step back. Don't step back. The priests didn't step in alone. They had friends there. Get into a connect group. Get into a community of people that, that love you, that want to encourage you, that want to lift you up, that want to help you cross that river. But you have to take the first step. You have to be the one to make that decision. Nobody else can believe for you. You don't have to sign up for anything. There's no exam. All you have to do is take that step of faith and believe. Before we go any further, I want to give everyone here an opportunity to take that step. If anybody has not taken that step yet, that step of faith, then I don't want to go another step further without giving you this chance, this opportunity that God has made available for every single one of us. It's his will that none of us should perish, but everybody would have a relationship with him. So right now, if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes, I don't, I'm not going to make a big scene or a big deal about it, but I, I don't want you to go another step further without the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to step into that river of life, to make the single greatest decision that you will ever make in your life, to accept that free gift of grace. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if there's anybody here and you're saying, in your heart, you know that you need to take that step, then I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? If there's anybody here, you want to say yes. God bless you. See that hand. God bless you. See that hand. God bless you. So proud of you, champion. See that hand. Who else is there? In the back. God bless you. 
Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? I want, I want to move on, but I, 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 don't want to, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If there's anybody else here, we're just going to say a quick prayer. And at the end, I have some friends over the side, and, and they have a Bible that they can give you and pray with you as well. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we do this right now? Everybody here, especially those of us that lifted up our hands, just repeat after me. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Right now, I repent of my sins. I claim that heaven is my home, that God is my Father, and I'm stepping into the river of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. Thank you so much, all of you who prayed that prayer. Belief in your heart and confession of your mouth, and you're saved. As I mentioned at the end, my friends over here, they'd love to pray with you, and they'll give you those gifts. But I want to move on now. The next, the next transition, the next step, from shore to ship, from shore to ship. And we're going to come into the New Testament now, and we're going to be talking about the, the life and the relationship of Peter and Jesus. And this is the story where Jesus first calls his disciples, is Luke 5. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore on the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. I'm going to pause right here. Many, many people want to hear the words of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is the word. He is the truth. He is the light. So there was, there was crowds of people that wanted to hear Jesus. But Jesus got into one boat. Jesus got into one boat. And then he asked its owner to push it out. I wonder how many, how many people, if Jesus got into your boat, you would ask him to leave. I'm kind of busy right now, Jesus. You know, don't you see I'm working right now, Jesus. I got things to do, Jesus. Can you use somebody else's boat, Jesus? How many people wouldn't even allow Jesus to sit in their boat? How many people wouldn't allow Jesus to give them the opportunity to be used? But, but Simon Peter... He could sense something about this man. He could sense something about Jesus. So he, he lets him get into his boat, and then when Jesus asks him to push it out, he makes the decision that he's going to do something new. He makes the decision to get his feet wet. You see, he's on the shore, the boat's on the shore, and Jesus asks him to push it out into the water. So it takes some work. It takes some effort. Peter has to, to, to hear the word of God and respond to it. He has to do something that he's never done before. So he pushes the boat out. He gets his feet wet. And then he gets into the boat with Jesus. Jesus gave Peter the opportunity to be used to spread the gospel. Peter had to get his feet wet. But then there were some benefits. Everyone else on the shore got to hear Jesus, but Peter had Jesus in his boat. Somebody say next level relationship. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. 
And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners over in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. The transition from shore to ship, discipleship, the transition from shore to discipleship requires service. It requires work. But you get to be in the proximity of Jesus. You get to be closer to him. But you have to have the heart of a, certain, a servant. Later in the, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus tells the disciples, if you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. If you want to be at the top, you have to be the best servant. You have to be ready to push. Just this past Sunday, we had our largest DNA class ever. We had 29 people that were ready to go from shore to ship to start serving in the house of God, to help spread the gospel. Are you ready? Maybe you haven't made the decision yet to serve in the house of God. I want to encourage you. It's the best decision that I've ever made. Receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior and then saying yes to being used by him. Saying yes to being a part of seeing people come into the house. Saying yes to be a part of of helping them find a seat. Saying yes to be a part of, of... parking them, saying yes to be a part of serving kids in kids' church so, so that those kids over there can receive the gospel, so those kids over there can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and at the same time, their parents get blessed too. Saying yes to, to being on the worship team, saying yes to using your God-given talents to minister to people. Are you ready to say yes to him? Are you ready to get your feet wet? It's going to require a push. It's going to take some work, but there's so many benefits that come along with it. If you know that this, that, that time is now for you if, you, if you want to get your feet wet in service for Jesus, then come find the, the Isaacs, come find the Walters after. They'll tell you how to, to get set up in DNA. They'll, they'll tell you how to, to be a part of, of this family, how you can get connected to a great team. And you'll find that, the, you know, and maybe you don't even know where you want to serve, then, then I'm sure we can find some spots for you. But you'll find that when you do get on a team, those are, those are lifelong friendships that you're going to make. Not only are you going to be serving Jesus, not only are you going to be helping be a part of, of every single person who, who comes in this house and gives their life to Jesus Christ, but you're going to, you're going to make some of the best friends that you'll, you'll ever know. It's time to get your feet wet. The next transition point, from watcher to walker, from watcher to walker, Matthew 14, verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in fear, and they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. It's interesting, it's the second time in these transition points that Jesus tells Peter not to be afraid. The transition points are scary. Transition points can be times of of fear. For me, the the hardest 
time in my life was one of my transition points where I knew I needed to rededicate my life to Christ. Maybe you're in a, a tough season right now. Maybe it's a, a difficult transition point for you. Maybe there's a storm raging. Why did Jesus insist that they go when, when he told them to? He knew, he knew the darkness was coming. He probably knew the storm was coming. Why did he insist? He wanted to present them an opportunity to transition to the next level. He wanted to give them a chance to see that the storm, the challenge, the waves was not something to be afraid of, but something to overcome. There was one disciple, one disciple who saw it as an opportunity. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Peter was like, it's not enough for me to just see Jesus do these miracles anymore. It's not enough for me to just be around him. It's not even enough for, for Jesus just to be in close proximity. It's not enough for Jesus to be in my boat. I want to do what he's doing. I want to do miracles. I want to have that power. I want to have that authority. I see it on him, and I believe that it's possible for me to have it. He told me not to be afraid, so I'm going to do something courageous. I'm going to do something that no one else has done other than Jesus. Peter did something that only Jesus had ever done. Abraham had faith. Moses parted the Red Sea. Neither of them walked on water. Joshua brought Israel into the promised land. He didn't walk on water. Peter did something that only Jesus had ever done. Do you want to do something that only Jesus has ever done? Are you ready to get your feet wet? Jesus says, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus. Can you believe in the impossible? Jesus gave an opportunity for them to do something that they knew was impossible. Sometimes, sometimes our thinking is the enemy of faith. Sometimes what, what we know, what we think, can be the enemy of what God knows and what God thinks. He knows what's possible, and the Bible says that all things are possible with him. All things are possible with God. What's impossible for you now? What's, what's something that, that you think is impossible? You think it'll never happen, not in a million years. All things are possible with God. If you're serving him, if you're walking with him, then you're gonna redefine impossibility, just like Peter did. He did something that everybody else would have said was impossible. So you can either be a scared boat watcher or you can be a wet water walker. You can be a scared boat watcher or a wet water walker. Do you want next level leadership? Sign up for Awaken University. Come hang out with the Verillis. They just jumped out of their boat and did something new. They said, we believe that God is in this. We believe that he's there. And they said, God, call me into this. They didn't even know it. But they did something new. Are you ready to do something new? Maybe something new for you is reading your Bible every day. Join us with the Bible in a year. Get in the word. Maybe something new for you is coming to men and women's prayer. You want to walk on water, come to men and women's prayer. Maybe we'll bring the baptismal out here. Give it a shot. What's the new thing that God is calling you to do? Maybe you got to learn to pray. 
Maybe you can start just in your own house. Maybe go into to your closet. Go into your war room. Start praying bold prayers. Start praying courageous prayers. You don't have to have it all figured out. Peter didn't have it all figured out. In fact, Peter was probably one of the most impulsive people in the whole Bible. He was constantly doing things without thinking. But he was constantly doing things that nobody else had done before. He was constantly doing bold things. He was constantly doing new things. He was constantly getting his feet wet. And he looked at the wind and waves and began to sink. So it's okay if you make a mistake every now and then. But the key to going from a watcher, from a watcher to a walker, the key to going from a seer to a doer, the key to going from potential to power is faith. You have to trust in Jesus. You have to trust that his plan for you is better than your plan for you. You have to trust that his plan for you is better than your plan for you. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. Have faith in God. Get your feet wet, do as he does. Get equipped. Don't be scared, be ready. And the last point, the last transition, from distraught to destiny. From distraught to destiny. Peter's story wasn't, wasn't always onward and upward. He had his moments and he had a, a very difficult moment. In fact, the moment when Jesus most needed a friend, the fact, the point when Jesus most needed a voice, the, fact, the, the point when Jesus most needed an advocate, Peter had the opportunity to speak up, but he was silent. And in fact, more than that, he denied Jesus three times when Jesus needed him most. This was the son of God. This was the man that he'd just spent three years of his life with. This was the man that had taken him from shore to ship, from watcher to walker. This was the Messiah who he would then watch die on a cross. His friends would be scattered. To say that Peter was distraught at this point in his life would probably be an understatement. We're going to read in John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. <laughs> He'd had enough. He couldn't think of anything else to do. So he just went back to his old self. I'm going fishing. The other disciples said, we'll come too. And they all said, so they went out into the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Verse four, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water and headed to shore. Interesting that he, you put on, he put on his tunic before he jumped in. Why would you do that? See, Peter had, had taken off his tunic, which was a symbol of his calling. He had gone back to to the flesh. He had gone back to what he knew from before. He had gone back to his, his pre-Peter days. He had gone back to Simon. He had taken off the calling. He had taken off the mission. He had taken off the mantle. He had, he had taken off the, the next level relationship that he had walked with Jesus. He had taken off the faith that, that he knew when Jesus was with him. He had taken all things off. He was stripped down to just nothing. But then, in a moment, 
when he heard the words, it is the Lord. In a flash, three years just came flooding back into his mind. Three years from that moment when he first let Jesus into his boat. Everything came full circle. You see, it was the exact same lake, it was the exact same shore where Jesus had first met him. So he put on his tunic and he jumped into the water. He had been doing the the same thing as when Jesus first met met him, catching nothing. He wasn't doing anything. But Jesus reactivated him in the exact same way. He said, throw, throw your net on the other side. Do it my way. All of those memories that he had had with Jesus. Jesus walking on the water, calling him out to come with him, doing the impossible, then sinking and then relying on a Savior. You have to wonder, like, what was going through Peter's head when, when he made the decision to, to put on his tunic and then, and then jump out of the boat because he was about 100 yards offshore. Did he think that he was going to just run on the water back to Jesus? Did he think he was just going to swim in? I, I think that he thought it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I walk. It doesn't matter if I sink. It doesn't matter if I swim. It doesn't matter what happens. All I need to know is that that's Jesus and I'm going to him. That's my Savior. That's my Lord. Everything else is behind me. I'm all in. I'm all in for you. Not just my feet wet, but my head, my shoulders, my knees, everything. Everything I have. I'm all in for you because you're my all in all. It doesn't matter what happens from here on out. I have this opportunity. This opportunity to reconnect with you. When when Peter came to the shore... Jesus restored him. He restored that relationship. Three times he asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times Peter had denied Jesus. So three times Jesus restored him. Brought healing into the relationship. Maybe you're in a place where you've denied Jesus. But you know that he's the only thing that you need. He's your all in all. It doesn't matter if you sink. doesn't matter if you swim. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. You're ready to go all in. All in for him. Because you know that he went all in for you. And after that, Jesus gave Peter an assignment. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Are you distraught? Are you at the most challenging place you've ever been in your life? Are you searching for your destiny? Maybe maybe you're walking with God right now, but, but you don't really know what your purpose is. You don't know what your assignment is. You don't know what your calling is. Are you in a place where you need to go from shore to ship? Make that first push. Serve in the house of God. Become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're in a place where you need to transition from watcher, just looking at what everybody else is doing, looking at what Jesus is doing, seeing the signs, seeing the miracles, seeing people get healed when we pray over the book of miracles, seeing these things to being a part of it. God can activate something in you right here, right now, tonight. 
there's something that's going to be activated in you. We need you. The church needs you. God has given each one of us gifts. And it's when we all use our gifts for the edification, the building up of the body, coming together, that the body of Christ reaches its full potential. But it takes all of us. Maybe you need to transition from distraught to destiny tonight. What I want to do right now, if we could all stand to our feet, we come to a close, I'd love to pray for you. Wherever you're at in your walk with God, wherever you're at in your journey, whatever transition point you might find yourself at right now, God can activate something in you that's never been done before. You can do something that only Jesus has done. And even greater works than these, even greater things than these, Jesus said. So what I want to do, I want to pray, but I want, I want to activate something in you, but you have to take the first step. You have to get your feet wet. I'm going to come down off this stage, but I'd love to pray with you down here. So right now, if you could start coming down, if you know that God is calling you to a new level of relationship, if God is calling you to a next level, if God is activating something in you, if you want to start serving, if you want to start moving in power and authority, if you want to start moving in new gifts, if you want to do something impossible, if you want to do something new, it's time to get your feet wet. Just start coming down right now. Thank you, Jesus, God. I thank you. Just keep coming, keep coming. We can clap as they come. Ministry team's going to come down. God, I thank you for these people. God, I thank you for moving right now. Amazing gifts, doing new things for the body of Christ. God, I thank you for power, authority. God, I thank you that you're calling them into a new mantle, a new mission. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for your spirit, your presence. Flooding down on this altar, God, I thank you for the touch of heaven. I thank you for activation. God, I thank you for servant hearts. I thank you for leaders, disciples, disciple makers. God, I thank you for wisdom, pouring out your grace and understanding. God, I thank you for this new day. God, I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. The touch of heaven falling down. God, I thank you. You're activating gifts. You're activating miracles. God, I thank you for what is happening right now, calling people out of darkness into light, calling into, people into a new destiny. God, I thank you, Jesus, for everything. I thank you for coming together, partnership, relationship, God. Two are better than one. I thank you for bringing people together, connect groups, leaders, new serving team leads, new campuses. God, I thank you for new pastors, new teachers, new territory. Thank you for continuing to take ground. You're doing so many new things. God, I thank you for your spirit being poured out right now. Just everybody in this building, just start stretching out your hands to those down at the altar. Start praying them. Start shifting the atmosphere. Lift up that shield of faith over, over all these people. God, I thank you for your presence right now, that we get to be carriers of the presence of God. Your spirit alive in us. Your spirit moving right now. God, I thank you for heaven on earth in this place. I thank you that each one of these people here tonight, something is stirred in their spirit. Something is being activated in, in them to do a new thing, to get their feet wet, to jump out of the boat. Do not be afraid. Have faith in God. Thank you for the peace that passes understanding, even in the middle of the storm. 
You might be fighting the toughest challenge of your life. God is with you. He is for you. He has command. He has authority over wind and waves. And when you have the spirit of Christ in you, then you have authority over the wind and waves. You can command that mountain to be cast in the sea. God, I thank you for mountain movers up here. I thank you for people ready to launch out into the deep. God, I thank you for everybody who said yes to you to set foot in that river. I thank you for everybody who who has allowed you into their boat that wants to be in close proximity to you, relationship with you. I thank you that as we trust in you, you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.